Hello, and welcome to the e-learning and instructional design for beginners podcast, where new and aspiring instructional designers start, grow, and advance their careers in instructional design and online learning development. I'm your host, Crystal Harper. I'm a former school teacher who transitioned to instructional design, all while working full-time as a single mom. Would you like to become a successful instructional designer without the burden of earning another degree? Well, then let's get started. Sure. Yeah. I mean, there, there's lots of issues in, in that whole thing. So, you know, I have three little kids, so I want them to have great teachers and good scholastic experience. They're all in elementary school, but like, I can't tell my students like, oh no, stay in teaching. Like it's really great. Yeah. It's a rewarding career, but like, it's not worth it financially whatsoever. It's just not like, I would, I would not tell my kids to do it at all. I wouldn't even right. let them. I'd be like, no, it's like terrible career choice. Like you, at some point in your life, you're going to be like, I need to pay a medical bill. And all of a sudden you won't be able able to because you decided to be a teacher like that's it's not cool it's not fair to anybody so that's sad it's really sad hopefully things will change yeah I mean that would be awesome I mean I hope for that I would love to see teachers paid at least livable wages for where they live I mean absolutely that needs to happen at some point but you know I tell people I'm like it's an unfortunate situation in that my field is able to take advantage of teachers leaving education but right it it is what it is and that's that's beyond the scope of anything I can do other than give them advice and tell them how they can be successful as an instructional designer. Or I do, I've had students who went and got their master's, became an instructional designer, quit teaching and two or three years later went back into the classroom. Yeah. I mean, it has to be the fit for you. You have to be. Everybody's different. Everyone has what they like and don't like. Right. What is your favorite instructional design model and why? That's like a trick question for me. (laughs) (laughs) That's a trick question because there are literally thousands of instructional design models, all based on the Addy framework. First of all, I don't use a model at all. I use Addy as my framework and I tailor what I'm going to do towards the project that I'm on. There is no like, oh, I use this model. And like, I, I go in and I hear what the problem is and I solve the problem, choose everything I'm selecting from my technology to my learning strategies, to like my organizational strategy, my delivery strategies, to the how I'm going to do my analysis and design and develop based on what the client needs. There is no, I don't go in and say, we're using Articulate and that's like Articulate e-learning. That's what I do. And that's what we're going to do for you. It's like, no, what is your problem and how can I best solve it? Because that might be through programming, a mobile app that might be through, through Articulate or Captivate, or that might be through like, need using PowerPoint or face-to-face training or whatever it is. Mm. Um, So there is no one model that I like to use. I use the Addy framework as a basis from where I start, follow the project from there on. You know, it's more about like project management and project communication. I know that I need to do some kind of analysis. I know that I'm going to be designing the training. I know that it's going to get developed. I know we might implement it. We might evaluate it. I follow more like, here's the timeline. Here's what needs to happen. How do we make everything happen in that time? There is no one model that I use. I mean, there are thousands of instructional design models that everyone says are like the best one, but it's based on a project and they're all slightly the same exact thing. They're all just redescriptions of Addy saying, well, I do analysis this way and I do analysis this way and I do design this way. And with all, with all your experience too, I'm sure over time, you just intertwine multiple different models and things that you've learned and whatever fits the project, you know, like. Yeah. Just- I mean, you know, I mean, we teach our students Dick and Carrie because it's like the generic like model that you're supposed to learn 
based on the Addy framework, you know, but I introduced them to a bunch of others like Kent Morris and Ross and Assure and whatever else out is out there that I feel like introducing them to. But, you know, even like in my book, right. I just wrote about like, this is what has to happen to get a project done. It's less about like picking an exact model and saying like, what do I need to do to solve this problem? How do you see the career of instructional design 10 years from now? So I think the career is definitely going to continue to pick up, you know, obviously online learning has accelerated our career significantly since the late mid to late nineties, early two thousands. And it has grown exponentially throughout that time. And COVID has accelerated the process by about five to 10 years. So probably what we're seeing right now is probably what we would have seen in five years from now, a lot more remote work salaries increasing significantly. You know, our salary average has went up significantly in the last year and a half. Um, a lot more companies have needs for instructional designers or have become to know, you know, even in education, like the need for an instructional designer at a college, every college now has like a director of online learning, has an e-learning department that, and a lot of them didn't have, some of them didn't even have LMS, but every college does now. So like in nearly every industry, it has picked up significantly. And I, I don't see that stopping. I think the only thing that could potentially ever stop our field would be AI being able to develop courses without humans, but I don't, we're pretty far away from that happening. That's not going to happen in my lifetime. And I work with a lot of AI stuff from like a technical standpoint and really study it. So I don't see, we're not even near like anything like that happening. And if anything, AI is going to help us do our jobs better. Mm -hmm. you know? So yeah, yeah, I think, I think we're going to see a lot more of instructional designers involved in the, you know, blockchain and how to incorporate blockchain into LMSs and training and learning. I think that's going to be something that's coming as well as VR stuff, you know, AR, mm -hmm. VR really going to become ingrained right. in what we're doing. So we're going to need software that allows us to develop in that. Cause right now, mm -hmm. the only thing we have for VR is captivate. I'm really excited. Adobe's doing it, but like it, it doesn't work too well. I don't know. Instructional designers aren't programmers and they may need to be. If I'm a beginner, I just starting. They just want to transition. They don't know anything. They So my goal, when I tell people, when someone comes to me and they're like, look, I want to learn to be an instructor. I want to be an instructional designer. I want to get involved. My goal is then go learn to be an instructional designer. Like go learn how to do it, get a certificate or a degree somewhere and learn how to do it. Um, mm -hmm. There's a lot of people in our field that will say, oh yeah, just like develop a portfolio and captivate. And you're like, you can be an instructional designer, but it's right. a very odd thought process because we're we go into companies and tell people like they need training on stuff. So like we should be trained on mm -hmm. how to do that. So yeah. I tell people usually go get trained on how to do it. So if they want to know where to start, sign up for a class, sign up for a class, get the background knowledge, learn how to do it. And then there's so many good resources out there to add on to that experience. There's YouTube videos, there's books, there's groups everywhere. Sign up for all that stuff. Take it all in and learn how to do it. Plan to spend a solid year or two, like mm -hmm. learning how to actually do this job correctly. There's right. so much bad training out there and you want to be one of the people doing it correctly. And create good training. So mm -hmm. learn how to do it. I'd, I'd say like, you know, it's an awesome, it's a fun experience. All the stuff, all the, the whole learning aspect is fun. So like, it's, that's usually my first advice for someone is go learn how to be an instructional designer. Right. Learn the material, learn how to learn the trainings, learn everything there is to learn. I agree because a lot of people just think they can just, I get that all the time. They'll be like, how do I build my portfolio? And I'm like, well, you need to learn how to create these materials first. Exactly. Like people don't know 
know what they don't know. And it's, right. it's dangerous when I go and I, I just had to take a computer-based training this morning. And I was like, Man, this is terrible. I don't know who developed this, but like, this is the problem is that there are people who it's like, it'd be like going to the doctor and like, look, I could diagnose like a cold. I learned how to do it. I've had colds before I could go diagnose a cold, but like, I'm not a doctor. And like, can I recognize that someone has like this weird pain that signifies like meningitis or something more serious? Mm-hmm. Same thing with instructional design. Like anyone can go design training, but like, you can't recognize when like what you're doing isn't correct. Cause like you mm-hmm. weren't trained to, it's like those little things that make these big differences in outcomes that all of a sudden, like the training I took today, it was not formatted correctly for a 980 by 1020 resolution screen. Why someone would develop it in a different resolution, I don't know, but they they just didn't pay attention when they published it because they probably were never taught about resolution and it was just something not to pay attention to. So when you screen it up on a 4K monitor like I have, it doesn't show up correct. Mm-hmm. And like, they just probably didn't think about that because they weren't really taught about, they didn't take courses on development. Right. So they don't know those little things to look out for and what those right. numbers are and stuff. And it's like made the biggest difference. I couldn't see half the training. I had to like keep scrolling all around everywhere because they can't zoom correctly. Right. Yeah. And it is a lot to learn. But with my community, I I have have everything I learned in school and it's a lot of trainings and I get this. I don't yeah. have time, but it's really like you have you got, to, that's if like you want a new career, you got to invest right. in it. Like, yeah, exactly. You, you want to be a, imagine the investment someone takes yeah. to be a medical doctor. They can't even know. stop practicing <laughs> till they're like in their thirties going from 18 years old, bachelor's degree, four years, mm-hmm. medical, two years, residency, and then they owe like right. 400 grand. We're talking one to two years of training yeah. that literally hardly cost you anything. And yes, it's much easier if you do it in your 20s before you are assuming someone doesn't have all these responsibilities you know we get more as we age yes i get it but like if you want to do the career transition like take the time i have a lot of students working full-time jobs with families who are doing it and they're doing it in like one and a half to two years so i know it can be done so like there isn't excuses for people like i'm watching people do it successfully and they say, yeah, it's a lot, but I just manage my schedule and budget. And I still get to go to my kids' soccer games. I'm still going to Cub Scouts. I'm still spending time with my significant other. I'm still working a full-time job and taking two classes. You know, So mm-hmm. I know people can do it. Right. Yeah, it's a matter of priorities, definitely. It's just making it a priority. Yeah. Like a lot of people that go into the field, too, already had a career. So they're transitioning. So I, maybe that's a lot of it. They don't want to have to relearn it all, but I mean, yeah, if you're starting a new career, you have to. Yeah. That's always part of it. You should continue to want to learn stuff. Like I continue to learn every single day, even though I'm not taking courses, which I would, and I'm not because I can't prioritize because I have a full-time job, like three side jobs. And I have wife, kids, and family. Like, I honestly don't, wouldn't have, I'd have to, I'd have to cut something else off my plate to do, but like, I would love to go take courses, but I'm still learning every day, new things on my own. Definitely. Even in this field, like if you get your degree, you have to keep learning because it's constantly new things. Yeah. I mean, when I, when I started, the tech is hundred percent different than it is now. And in 10 years, it's going to be different from what we're doing. Like, as I said, with the AR VR stuff, like everyone's going to be learning new stuff soon where you have to learn it or you. What words of wisdom would you share with someone just getting started in online learning and instructional design? My words of wisdom are follow your passion do what you'd like to do and you will be successful. Take your time, absorb as much knowledge you can, as you can and just follow your passions. You know, if you're interested in the design and development, focus your career on that. If you're interested in analysis, focus your like front-end analysis, performance improvement, focus on that. Take the time to actually make sure you're learning it, learning it correctly. Learn it from people who are experienced, who can give you all the knowledge and stories of 
how things got to the way they are so that you understand that history. That history is super important. So go back and, and learn about it and really make sure you know the field and you will be very successful as an instructional designer. And it doesn't take a lot of time to do that. As I said before, mm -hmm. someone could really get into our field in one to two years, like learn everything they need to and be a really good person to have on a team. Yeah, especially just in the beginning too, if you find what you like, because there's so many different courses and paths out yeah. there. So start focusing on courses related to that. And mm -hmm. you might even find you you're in the video production or programming mm -hmm. or something different. Right. Like I do get people coming into our field, thinking it's something different, kind of like how I did from the beginning. And uh, they find it's not for them, but you have to find that out like, give it a go and find right. out, find out where you do fit. I, I always tell people to follow their yeah. interests because it always leads to success. If you really follow your passions, the definition of success is different for everyone. Maybe it just means being happy in your career, but geez, you want to be happy doing what you're doing. I mean, you spend most of your life doing it. Yeah. Like be, or... be satisfied, be happy, yeah. like be able to look back and say, well, I'm glad I wasn't like doing something like whatever it is that I didn't like. Thank you for that advice. That's awesome. Do you have a favorite quote? What I like to do is I like to ask people what is instructional design? <laughs> I love to ask instructional designers what it is to hear their definition. Yeah. yeah I watched a really, uh, one of my professors who was old school guy from graduated in like the mid sixties in ed psych. You know, there was no instructional design back then. Instructional mm -hmm. design came from ed psych. He would just ask people getting their doctorate. What did he call on? What is instructional design? And you would hear him call on them and people would be like silent. Like what answer does he expect me to give? And he'd be like, you're working on your PhD in this. You should be able to tell me what the definition is right off the, like, the tip of your tongue. Like He's like, you should have a quick definition and say like what this is. He's like, if you can't tell me and you're working on a PhD in this field, he's like, why should anyone else know what this is? Right. Yeah, That's a good point. Interesting professor in that regard. Yeah. He would do a lot of things like overhead projector slides from the seventies that were brown. Cause they were so like, you know, on paper, like newspaper gets really old. It turns like that yellow color. Yeah. It was right. that color because they were from, he wrote them in like 1970 and this was oh, like wow. 2006. <laughs> he was still <laughs> using that. He was like, I'm not <laughs> using it. He's like, don't send me an email. Cause I don't use it. <laughs> like just, wow. but it was great. Like he was, he was probably like one, you know, up there in my top, like favorite professors I ever had. Cause I learned wow. so much much from this guy, but it was funny that, uh, just the way he would ask questions and stuff. So whenever I, I don't really have a quote, but you know, it's more of a, just an act of what he was. Yeah. That's so cool. I love it. Awesome. I want to start asking people that now. It's a good. I do during interviews. Point. I ask people during interviews. <laughs> I ask all kinds of questions that. like that. And when they can't answer, I'm like, what you, they have to know in like one second, like this is not happening for me <laughs> because right. you can't answer like basic questions. Like, well, you're going to have some issues. Right. Now, could you tell everyone about your recent book and how they can get a copy of it? Sure. So I wrote a book. This was a two-year ordeal. It's really based on an instructional design video series that I created over the last five years. And I turned it into a book. The book is 100% free on my website, raypastor.com, R-A-Y-P-A-S-T-O-R-E.com. It's 100% free to PDF version. You want to buy a copy, you can buy it on Amazon for $10, the print version. But anyway, the book is about, it's a how-to guide for instructional designer practitioners, like how to how to go through the process from start to finish, especially coming from the eyes of someone who's done it as a consultant and saying, how do I 
go through the whole process. What are the steps? And I tried to break things down to make them really simple for people to understand. Like a lot of what it is are things that I see. Like I train a lot. I have a, you know, a lot of instructional designers coming and getting their masters in my program. And I see what they don't get. I see what my students can't like have problems with what areas like they don't understand all the quality checkpoints that we have in the ID process. And I, I go through those in the book and I say, this is right now where you have a quality checkpoint with your client. So make sure you get it, make sure you get a sign off or a verbal email. This is where I write my proposal and this is how I gather that information. And this is what, what I have to write the proposal with. So I go into a lot of like scenarios in that I explain what I do when I'm working with a client. Like, how do I get their signature? When do I get it? You know, how do I figure all that stuff out? How does the, really the project management and communication piece fit into ID? People get really confused about ID models and learning theories and stuff and how they all really fit together and work. They don't know what's the difference. Like when do you use Gagne's versus multimedia principles? Or wait a second, you don't use those differently. They work together. How and when does all that happen? And I try to explain all that because those are the points of confusion I see in the field. Oh, that's so cool. I love that. I'm definitely going to check out a copy of that book. Yeah, it's free, um, easy read. It's like a hundred some pages. It's, but yeah, it's free for everybody. I'm big on open source stuff. Everything should be free. So I like mm -hmm. giving stuff away. I only have the print version only cost 10 bucks because that's what Amazon forces me to and if someone wants a print copy, that's what you got to do. So you got to buy it. Free on my website, download the PDF, not going to cost you a thing. Okay. Well, I'll post a link to your website and to Amazon if they want to purchase. Yeah, absolutely. And I, all the peer review articles that you wrote too. That sounds interesting. I read about. They're fun. They're challenging. Uh, I love the research. I love the methodology. I like doing it. Mm -hmm. I really enjoy it. Yeah. It's, uh, I'm trying to do like one a year now. Now that I'm full professor, awesome. I don't really have to do anymore if I don't want to, but I'll probably, I'm doing like, I'm working on a project right now. So probably more like one a year, one every other year I'll get out. I'm still going to continue with the research. I don't want to stop it or anything like that, but I'm focusing more on other things like video, like, you know, just different yeah. things that I, like I focused on my book last year, just other things that I'm interested in. I can do now. That's so cool. Are those on your website? Everything's on my website. Everything, okay, okay. Links to everything on okay. my website, awesome. resume and all that good stuff. Everything's there. Yes. Awesome. Sounds yeah. good. Well, thank you so much for sharing your knowledge and experience with everyone. I know that this will bring great value to so many people watching. Thank you for learning with eTeach Online and have a great day. Thanks everybody. All right. That wraps up this week's podcast episode. And if you want some more help and more guidance, then make sure that you sign up for my free e-learning and instructional design for beginners toolkit tools and processes that'll actually help you start, grow and advance your instructional design and e-learning course development career. This toolkit will provide you with everything that you need to get started for a successful career in instructional design. Just go to www.eteachonline.com toolkit. So if you liked this podcast, then you should definitely sign up for the toolkit. Just head to my website at www.eteachonline.com toolkit. I've also got a ton of other free resources that can help you succeed in instructional design. Visit my website at www.eteachonline.com. Thanks so much for listening. Now go out there and take action on what you learned about instructional design today.